Speak seductively. Hi, everyone. I'm Kyle Cannon, erotic fiction author, naturist, and swinger. And I'm Lily Cannon, book cover model, audiobook narrator, naturist, and swinger. And you're listening to the Speak Seductively podcast. I have an erotic fiction series called The Photographer's Story and over 15 erotic novellas on Amazon. Two themes in my work are the promotion of a sex-positive lifestyle and the development of strong, sexually confident female characters. My writing has been described as slow foreplay, building until the reader is breathless with need. You can find my novels and short stories on Amazon. They're all free with Kindle Unlimited. We want to welcome you to another exciting and informative edition of Speak Seductively. We use this platform to promote other authors, talk about sex and relationships. Please be aware, we will be discussing adult topics from sex to the swinging lifestyle and more. Our approach is always classy, but be ready for frank conversations. Our guests are frequently erotic authors or those in the lifestyle. Hey everyone, this is Kyle Cannon. And Lily Cannon. And welcome to a very special edition of the Speak Seductively podcast. If you li- if you're a regular listener to our show, you know that most of the time we tend to focus in on talking with authors and talking to people who are in the lifestyle, who are swingers or uh, BDSM or you know erotic authors. We we have we run the gamut, but it does tend to be pretty much on the erotica side of things and. This show, this episode may be a little different. I don't know. We may go off the rails and go completely erotica at the end, but um, we have a very special guest who will be co-hosting um, these shows with us, hopefully for, for the foreseeable future. But we've planned out a couple shows for the uh, next couple of months for you. And uh, our guest is Annabelle Allen. She was on in December. And if you listen to our December 26th episode, you know that we started talking about doing regular shows together and highlighting different things. And what better to what better subject than the mummy to highlight <laughs> for our first show? So um, Annabelle, I'm going to turn it over to you for a second, if you want to say anything and maybe clean up the mess I just left you. <laughs> Yeah, that was actually quite a mess. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Um, So, hi, I'm Annabelle Allen or Stephanie Douglas, depending on uh, which of my books you read. But, uh, yeah, I'm here to talk basically about uh, just kink and, you know, life and BDSM and writing. And uh, I think that our kinky classroom will be uh, just a lot of fun for us to, you know, get into and sort of teach people how to uh, get into that type of the lifestyle, you know, which it sounds kind of odd to start out talking about the mummy when you're talking about kink, but um, I don't know, like it, it'll, we'll tie it all together at the end, you know, with going into erotica. But you know what? I, I've been thinking about it and Lily and I often say this, we're more naturists than we are swingers, but, um, you know, I, I think people have misconceptions of nature as swingers and people in BDSM. There is nothing that says you can't sit around naked with a dozen of your best friends talking about a movie. I mean, we've, that's, that, that's true. <laughs> or or after a really kinky session and you're relaxing and you want something to talk about other than dildos, vibrators, and batteries. <laughs> or something to watch. Yeah. Or, you know, like we're yeah, normal. Yeah, exactly. I was 
I was going to say watch like aftercare. What's yes. better with for aftercare than to watch the mummy together yeah. while cuddling? Or, yeah. you know, to just say that we're normal human beings and there there is this weird stigma that we can't be your neighbors um, if we. <laughs> yeah, know. it's like, oh, my God, you must be into all this weird stuff and your entire life is consumed with being naked and having sex. Yeah. Yeah. You obviously have this, you know, strange obsession with all things <laughs> sex. And so it's nothing. But- that's, that's the problem too. Like uh, that a lot of people have that misconception that, you know, just because uh, you either write about that or you are in that part of a lifestyle that that just consumes your entire life. When in reality, like that's only a little snippet of our lives, you know, like uh, right. majority of the time I am sitting at home watching the mummy over and over, right. over again. <laughs> right. It's, well, it's well, something, it's one part of a, a life that it's like pe- uh, people have hobbies. Mm-hmm. And so kink might just happen to be a hobby that your neighbor has. And yeah, they also can enjoy gardening and doing other things <laughs> besides just their kink. Some people sit Gardening around watching. naked? Sure. Maybe. Maybe they do. <laughs> maybe they do. <laughs> I know when we, you know, spend time at the, the nudist places. Yeah, I might tend to my little plants and things that, that I have uh, that I bring along. So, well, that puts a new spin on the word bush. <laughs> I know, I know, right? See, listeners, we we can't get that far away from the king. So, <laughs> no, like that's, that's my mind is always in the gutter. That's something that like my dad will say to me when we're talking. I'll I'll make a funny joke that's you know obviously not appropriate, and he goes, "You're naughty." He's like, "Your mind's always in the gutter," and it's well, that's kind of what I do for a living. So it's hard not to you know keep it there. Mm-hmm. I I hear that all the time. And, and I'm fine with it. So (laughs) yeah, it's fun. Like, you know, that's, that's another thing that like, I hate people that are really uptight about sex and not sex positive because it's just, it's sex is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to have fun doing it. And you're supposed to, you know, there's also the serious side of it where you're like being intimate and whatnot, exploring boundaries and everything. But for the most part, it's just supposed to be fun. And I don't like party poopers. And I feel like Mm -hmm. there, there are a lot of people out there that are party poopers who are like, you can't have fun doing it. At the same time, they're like, you can't, uh, I guess, write about it or have it a part of your life or have it consume your life because like, even though, yes, I have other hobbies, it does consume my life quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you, you know, I, I was thinking back on some of the people that we we've talked to a, um, uh, I think she was a pastor's wife who wrote heated romance. She, mm. she came short of calling it erotic. We read a little bit of it. It probably falls into the erotica category, but, you know, just to me, it just goes to show everybody hat. I think sex, like you were saying, should be positive, should be fun, enjoyable. It's a natural part of life. And I think when we start denying that, we start denying who we are as people. Exactly. That's it. That's, and that like hits the nail on the head because that's part of the reason why um, I was trying to walk away from erotica. And then I kind of looked back and I was like, you know what? It's part of me and I Mm -hmm. know I'm good at what I do. So I might as well just enjoy it. Right. And yeah, it is writing erotica is fun. I I like writing erotic romance, you know, especially the BDSM stuff because it's a chance to teach people, you know, uh, to be safe in the lifestyle. Well, and, and I think from our chats with you over the last 
couple of years, I guess I can say. Um, <laughs> we've, I mean, we've, we've become good friends, um, all three of us. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that um, those are cool things that we can bring out in future discussions. Like, um, how do you get into BDSM safely? How, how do you get into naturism safely and comfortably or, or swinging if that's your thing? Um, but to get, I, I think the mummy is a great way to kick off 2022. Happy New Year, by the way. Oh, yes. Happy New Year. <laughs> we just, uh, we're, in, in case you're curious, we're recording this on the 2nd of January. Um, so the new year is just started for everybody, but, but what better way than to talk about something completely separate from sex and although we're going to get to it, I'm sure as we talk, <laughs> cause we can't avoid it, but, um, give you, give our listeners a little bit of information about us on a, on a whole different level. So, mm-hmm. If you listen to that episode on the 26th, you probably, you heard us talking about how much two of the three of us absolutely love the mummy. I like it. (laughs) Yes, but you don't love it, Lily. You got to love it. (laughs) She loves it. I, I, I enjoy it very much. And I just realized, so we have it, we have the uh, trailer and, and it pulled up on um, our computer right now. And I realized that the date on it is 1999, which makes that movie 23 years old, which is, I, I just, I cannot believe that that movie is 23 years old. So here's the thing. I didn't want to do set questions and that kind of stage thing, but I have one set question for the whole group, all of us to answer. Mm-hmm. And that is, when did you first see the movie oh my god this is gonna age me so badly um (laughs) (laughs) when they used uh, up here well i'm in canada so up here in canada they have uh the movie network or tmn Mm -hmm. and the first time i saw the mummy was a year after it came out in theaters and it was out on vhs (laughs) 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 and uh, it was on the movie network. It was premiering in the middle of summer uh, at nine o'clock at night. I remember because my mom let me stay up because this is 1999. So I was 10 year old. Woo. And oh, wow. uh, yeah. And so uh, she let me stay up so I could watch it. And I remember that sort of uh, sparked this uh, Egyptian craze with me for that summer. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, Lily, do you remember? Oh my God. Um, I don't. You were maybe a little <laughs> beyond 10. Uh, yeah. Um, I was, uh, my God, I don't, I'm not sure. I want to say I saw it in theaters. I'm trying oh, to lucky. I'm trying really hard <laughs> to remember though. Um, nope, I don't, I don't remember. I, I know, I know I saw it dozens of times on video after mm-hmm. that. Um, probably because I made her, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but no, I, I think I saw it for the first time in theaters because I, I would have been in high school at the time. Um, and so I probably went to go see it at the theater. I, I, I have a, a visual of like seeing it on a big screen. So I'm sure I did. So my first time watching the mummy, Mm was um 
I, my day job was a killer and I was not, I, I, I you killed people for your yes, day I job. I was just going to say, fun. I was, I was say, oh my God, I was John Wick, but <laughs> you're a hitman. No, I, I, I had no time for anything. So I, I never went to the movies or anything like that. And then, um, I was in, and this may date me, I was in a circuit city and I saw a DVD player. I think it was probably around 2001 or something like that. And they were in the player. You got two movies, Stargate and the mummy. So (laughs) I I thought, what the heck? I'm going to see what the, I bought it. I brought it home and I watched Stargate and I absolutely love Stargate, which I may geek out on later. But um, I put the mu- I remember putting the mummy in and sitting back and thinking this has to be stupid. <laughs> and from the beginning, I was completely engrossed. So I still have that DVD. I later upgraded it to a Blu-ray because I loved the movie that much. And I probably watched it the first two months I had that DVD player probably at least a dozen times, at least. <laughs> It, it was just, it was, it was, for me, it was just so engrossing. I loved it. The plot rolled, the, um, the writing was really good. The character development was great. Um, but yeah, that, that's something I wanted us to talk about was just the character development, especially with Evie, because if you notice, somebody pointed this out that if you watch her costumes throughout the uh, throughout the movie, it mm. starts out where she's more dressed like Jonathan, and then as it progresses, she sort of becomes like herself, and mm-hmm. she and she's wearing the really pretty black dress at the end, you know, mm. and it's sort of just sort of like her character development of being more comfortable being herself, yeah, and being more confident, and- yeah when she she gets it right on the uh the hieroglyphs that she's reading about where to find the golden book yeah. Um, life yeah yeah um book of amun ra get it right yeah. oh sorry <laughs> yeah uh, when you call when, yourself a fan <laughs> i know right when she uh she figures it out and she realizes she's better than the scholars the mm-hmm. um It's it it was she's a character in the movie that I think, especially watching it a second time, you want to see that development in her. She starts off timid, but you send I mean, and I think this is because the actress who played her is really good, but timid and brilliant and confident, but also living in a time when. Women she couldn't really show that. And, and for me, it's funny for me as, see, I'm going to pull erotica into this. As an erotica writer, I love writing about strong women because I don't like, I don't like victim sex. And no. she, to me, is, she is my um, Aaron in Aaron's erotic adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Starts off timid and ends up very, very not timid. Yeah, that that's like... Uh the confidence is so important especially because like like again with erotica like when uh you read say edge play like that i wrote it you know ava is just really really confident but she's not you know she's not quite there yet you still need that character development and i think that's what was important with the mummy is that you had the character development so it was believable 
And that's just so important when you're writing too, is that it has to be believable and having a damsel in distress all the time is just not believable because there's a lot of women out there that are strong and confident and they can carry themselves better than a man can. And in the mummy, Evelyn proved that she was better than Bembridge scholars. You know, she was, she could do it. She could do what the men did. Mm -hmm. So do you think that, and just playing hypothetical, do you think that as, as a person, if she were a real person, that character would have developed without the intervention of the mummy and, you know, all these crazy things that happened to her? Mm, I, you know, that's interesting because I don't, I don't know if she would because she needed the adventure to sort of tap into it. Right. Because, you know, even when she gets drunk, she says, you know, like that she's like, you know, I'm proud of what I am. Right. And then, you know, Rick's like, and what is that? And then she says, I'm, a librarian you know so <laughs> she would have been stuck in the library still right like yeah, yeah. you know she would it, it, she would have still been you know stifled I guess because she even says like that she um you know wrote to Bembridge scholars and then she got rejected again and it's like for not having enough experience in the field so how else would she have gotten the experience except for going out on this adventure and having the you know the progression and like that's why like in the second movie, which I'm not really a fan of the second movie, but you see in the second movie that Bembridge scholars, like she's one of the best now, right? Because mm-hmm. of the adventure that she went on. So I think that that was just important as well as the romance that she has with Rick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that um, going to the romance part of it too, that the movie pulled in so many things that, helped everybody become a be- become better people I- except for Benny at the end he never well, changed. Yeah, no. well yeah, and the whole no. the whole joke is that you will get what you deserve you come up get your comeuppance <laughs> I was telling right. Lily after watching it today I, I love uh I don't want to get away from the character developments stuff too much but um I loved all the foreshadowing of things and and it's it's more fun for me having seen the movie several times because I start picking out the lines or the thing, or you see things like the, um, uh, the, the Egyptian scholar, I can't remember his name now, just before they boarded the ship, he was walking along the street and you see him Mm -hmm. behind everybody and he's swatting at kids who are walking along beside him, like, like the jerk that he was. the egyptologist yes yes Mm. um but it's stuff like that and and you see you know you see that and you know what's coming later in the movie and you know that that's just foreshad his character he wasn't a good character to begin with and he gets his comeuppance yes he is (laughs) right yeah my favorite is just the the comedy like i love the I, I love Brendan Fraser. I think there is so many times where he's not given enough credit for being <laughs> for he's being definitely an in- like underrated. You yeah. know, like he he he's played so many good parts. Like I remember from back when I was a kid, just watching him in in Sino Man. That was like the first mm-hmm. movie I saw him in. And, oh yeah, right. And like that's Paulie Shore. So usually you're thinking that that it's like his vehicle his his movie but then Brendan Fraser actually 
uh, was in other Pauly Shore movies as the same character as Link, right? Mm. Like son-in-law, yeah. he actually made a cameo in it, right? So he, that's how he kind of got his start, I guess. But like, yeah. there's other movies that he's just been so great in, and he steals the show. Like, you know, like 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 George of the Jungle. That was just amazing. Mm-hmm. He also had an amazing body in that movie, right? <laughs> like, like holy he, crap! He had a small run on Scrubs. Did you ever oh, see? Oh, really? No, yeah. I didn't see that. So he played Dr. Cox's brother-in-law. Um, uh, what's uh, her name? Ah, her her brother. Um, his ex-wife's brother. And uh, he he's a great character in that. He plays in maybe three or four different episodes. His delivery of lines is is really, I, I think, understated, under under appreciated by critics but he his his line his delivery is spot on mm-hmm. and it just makes it seem he makes him seem like a really believable character um i was thinking not one of lily's favorite movies but blast from the past mm-hmm. oh it's not one of my favorite movies either i don't like Mm-mm. that movie <laughs> oh my god i'm i'm done talking with you too <laughs> I mean, I, I, Alicia Silverstone, I think there's just something, I don't know. And, and Clueless was like, oh, she's kind of hot. Come that on. was my day, but, um, <laughs> Clueless was like everywhere. And, and that was what every, every girl my age wanted to be her. But, um, I, there's something about Alicia Silverstone and that's why I don't like blast from the past. Okay. Well, that's can't. good. We're not talking about blast from the past. We're talking about the mummy. <laughs> The, like going on like the the line delivery though for brendan fraser is that like in the movie bedazzled is another one where he has great lines you know like and his and like you said it's his delivery you know like when uh you know elizabeth hurley says to him she's like that and he cries and all this and you know and he's like not every night you know it's just it's just the way he can deliver it and it's like it's not only that it's believable but it's also because you're just like wow this is he's actually quite funny you yeah know? and it's the same as in the mummy he is really quite funny especially when he's talking with benny that that's like one yeah. of his best like moments is when he says you know to benny about you know like <laughs> what are you gonna do leave them and take them into the desert and leave them to rot you know, mm-hmm. like his delivery is just so good in that part. And then like the part where Benny says that, well, think about my children. And he says, you don't have any children. And he says, someday I might, you know, that was, that was ad-libbed. I couldn't believe that when I read about that, that that was an ad-libbed part and that they kept it in. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's, there's some, I, it's funny. I was watching uh, while we were watching the movie today, but I was going back and forth on the computer and the TV and I would stop it just to see on on Amazon Prime. Sorry, there's a plug for Amazon Prime. And anybody from Amazon listening right now, you, you can send us money. Yeah, um, <laughs> you can sponsor our podcast if you would like. But um, but I love the the little background information that they would throw up about about the movie. Hmm. That, that's because that's something like my brother always says to me. He's just like uh, he's like you know like uh do you know anything about this movie and i'll be like well yeah and then i'll tell him the trivia from it and then he says to me how do you know these things and i'm like (laughs) well 
I, I tend to do little research on things, you know, like mm-hmm. if, if I find a movie interesting, that's something that I end up doing. And that's, that's kind of like, again, tying back into erotica is kind of important is to do your research yeah. and, you know, researching whether it's, you know, a movie or it's, you know, going into BDSM and researching right. that. Like, and that's also another thing, throwing it back to the mummy is that they didn't really do much research for that movie. It was, you know, just thrown kind of together and the Egyptian part of it isn't accurate, but you still appreciate it though. Right. Because it's just so well done as a movie. I think, yeah, I think that where they excelled was in uh, costume and just and, and some of the sets were just were just made you feel like you were there. I totally agree. Not accurate, not historic, not historically accurate because mummies did not come to life back in the 1920s no? and 30s. No, no not at all. But um, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, I wonder if there's a director's cut. I I haven't. I haven't looked enough to. I, no, I I'm I'm trying to like I'm saving up my Amazon gift card so that I can buy the blu-ray of it very good because <laughs> right now i've got the the two disc special edition uh dvd and uh, i've pretty much almost worn that out because i do watch it repeatedly during the day i i turn to my mom and i'm like let's play a game and she's like what's that and i'll be like let's see how many times i can watch the mummy in a day and she's like well <laughs> the record is like five right oh, so I'm still trying to like break that record, trying to watch it as many times as I can. I don't think I watched it more than two, maybe three times in a day. Oh, I I I put it on and then I replay it again. (laughs) I would have it playing, you know, once I'd watched it a bunch of times, I'd have it playing in the background while I was working because it was just that it was, it was that mental fun in the background. It's a comfort movie because mm-hmm. that, that, that's what I end up doing, too, is like when I'm doing work, you know, like I sit and I I actually I I have obsessive compulsive disorder. And that's my compulsion is that I watch the same movies over and over and over again because I know the ending of the movie. So it's comforting for me. Mm-hmm. And my psychiatrist always told me she's like, as long as you're not hurting anybody, she's like, it's a perfectly safe and appropriate compulsion for you. And sure. so while I'm writing, I usually have either the mummy or Jurassic park on. And I, you know, sometimes (laughs) I play them one after another and sometimes I play the same one over and over and over again, but you know, like it gets to the point where you're not really watching it, you're doing your work, but then you can look up and be like, Oh, it's at this part. And then you can look back down and start working again. Do you still find new things, new discoveries as you watch? Oh yeah, definitely. Like, uh, like there was a uh, um, the parts specifically like from the past. You pick up the the little things that are like, as you said, foreshadowed later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was something that I didn't notice before. And then also with uh, I don't know, it's just like with the scarabs and stuff. Like you sort yeah. of you sort of you start seeing little things and you're like you're like oh okay I see where that's going now you know and I think you know I I think they did it so well in the movie that the first time you watch it if you're even semi paying attention like I I was talking to Lily about the the um, character with the glasses 
that he's cleaning them early in the movie. I think it was on the boat and there was a conversation about him you know, kind of teasing him about cleaning them. And mm-hmm. Burns, he, yeah, Mr. Burns, that he needed them, you know, to see, to, to couldn't see without him. And mm-hmm. it was done so casually that I don't think most people would sit there and go, oh my God, his glasses are going to get broken in 30 minutes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it happened, I, I remember when it happened, I was like, oh my gosh, that that goes back to that scene on the boat. They set it up perfectly. And you're able to sort of connect with the character too, being like, oh crap, he needs those. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then, you know, as the mummy comes out, like spoiler alert to everybody, you know, the mummy <laughs> comes out and gets him, you know, <laughs> but still, you know, um, it's just, it, it's one of those movies, you know, like where they, they took the details and they were really good at tying everything together at the end. And like, that's important with books too, you know, like you have to leave your plot points and then at the end, be able to tie everything together and hopefully not have plot bunnies pop up Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, dig holes into that. But sometimes, I I mean, you're always going to be able to find plot holes in books or in movies, you know, even minuscule ones, but you still love the show. Hey everyone, I'm Lily Cannon, and I have to tell you about an amazing story I just narrated for author Lacey Cross. Her story is titled Free for the Night, a free use fantasy when couples play. It will be available soon for purchase on Audible. The print copy is already up on Amazon. And what would I like to tell you about this story? Hmm, well, it's very hot, maybe the perfect couple's fantasy story. So here's a short sample from Free for the Night to help you get in the mood. The mood to purchase the audiobook to hear more, that is. God, I am so sore. I gave Ethan another free use weekend, and let me tell you, he used me hard. I freeze right before I turn the corner to walk into the break room to grab a cup of coffee. My coworker, Tanya, is speaking. She's a younger woman in her early 20s, super sweet and friendly. A second woman remarks, shit, I wish I had a boyfriend. Your free use stories with Ethan always sound so hot. I really need to start dating again. The second voice belongs to one of the newer hires, Fabiola. I had noticed Tanya and Fabiola eating lunch together and chatting during work hours since they hired Fabiola a month ago, so it doesn't surprise me they're close enough to share details about their personal lives. Sex talk in the break room is a little risky, but I'm not one to judge since I've done it before. I'm approaching 40, though, so this was years ago when I was young and had a sex life to talk about. In the last year, things have gone extremely stale in the bedroom with my husband, Rich, so I have no juicy gossip to give out, even if I had a work friend I'd tell. Rich and I actually talked about it last Sunday, after the third weekend in a row of no sex, and we're both taking the week to consider ways we can spice things up. The plan is to discuss our ideas Friday night and maybe get a little zing back for the weekend, since the kids will be going camping with my brother and his family. Oh, or love the movie or love the book. Um, Yeah, well, because, like, not everything's perfect, right? Right. You just appreciate it for what it is. Um, I I, I mean, like to be entertained. So you can overlook a lot of things if you are If it's good entertainment. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I saw a bit of trivia today about the mummy that that I, I think I knew, but it refreshed my memory. The scene in the library where all the bookshelves fall down. Did mm-hmm. you know that was filmed once and only yeah, once? they could only they could only do it once because it would take them all day to reset <laughs> with all the books. And yeah. if you actually look, you can see that half of the bookcase is filled with actual books while the other half is a matte painting. You mm. can actually tell that mm. the other side of the bookcase is a matte painting and it doesn't have books on it. Right. Mm. And yeah, it was going to take them all day to uh, reset. So they decided that they were going to like, we have one shot at this basically. Yeah. So let's get it done today. You know, like, and I went to film school, so I know how, how terrible it is when your shot doesn't go well and then you have to reset for it it's actually quite annoying (laughs) I would imagine especially for a complicated shot like that uh, oh yeah the the whole and and, but that was such a a great way to get into the movie after the ancient Egypt scenes I, I mean I just love the domino effect of the the um the bookshelves falling and the look and on Evelyn's Evie. face. Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know? oh shit. <laughs> and what's she even has... greater is that you can see, like, if you pay attention, like I've seen this movie so many times, like I can see that they used a stunt guy to do the the part on the ladder. And you mm. can tell it's a dude and not her. <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, you you're just you're crushing me with that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a dude though. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Weiss has some of the best facial expressions though too she just and she's just she's beautiful too like mm-hmm. you know like it's like her brown eyes and then like the way they did her hair as well because that's like another aspect of the movie is like costumes and the hair and makeup and everything like that's just amazing did you guys hear the funny story about Brendan Fraser about how uh in the beginning with the next to the moon he actually got into her costume and the body paint and everything that's the opening scene of the movie and the guy who plays emotep he actually surprised him walking towards him in her costume like with the body paint and everything on he had pasties (laughs) on and everything right and like like brendan fraser in in an interview was laughing about it and he was like you should have seen his face you know like it was it sounds like it was like a great set to work on too because that's that's also kind of important with a movie is that you know everybody having fun and like the movie itself was fun so I would hope that everybody had fun on set as well and it feels like that comes through the, the chemistry between all of the actors seems like it was amazing um they just it just clicks on the screen and you know you know it's one of those things where you know or you hope that that same friendship was going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. and like that's like I think that also helped with the romance aspect as well like something that I, I always really appreciate in the movie is that when Evelyn is drunk and she's talking with Rick when she's like you know weaving back and forth he wants to support her but at the same time he doesn't want to touch her inappropriately Mm-hmm. And I, you can just see that. And I'm just like, oh, Rick, you're a good guy. You know, like, you know that she's, you know, she's drunk and you know that you shouldn't touch her that way when she can't give you consent because yeah. that's just so important is to have consent. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that it makes you look at Rick and you're just like, no, you know, yeah, I like him too. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And and it's funny. It, I I would say that was foreshadowed a little in the beginning of the movie that that he's a good guy who tries to be a tough guy, or I, I don't know if that's the right bad guy or come across with that bad like rough and tumble rough and tumble like yeah i mean when he's standing on the line with all the other uh foreign legion troops and the the officer in charge bails and benny says looks like you're in charge now and then benny bails and he stay he stays there with his with his guys um Mm -hmm. You know, and and so you see that from a guy, from a dude perspective, it's like, oh, you know, he, he's being a manly man. And then the scene you're talking about, he's being a gentle, he's being a gentleman, he's being a mm-hmm. good person. Yeah, that, I think that's like the 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 core of it is that he's like the ultimate hero because he's just he's the good guy, you know. Like, and then especially when you see like not only Emotep but like Benny as well. He's like, Benny's just, yes, he's the comic relief, but he's also not a very good guy. You know, he's just, he's one of those characters that you're like, oh, I hate Benny. And then you're like, yeah, but he's funny. <laughs> I was going to ask know. you if you ever felt sorry for Benny. No. <laughs> and he got his comeuppance at the end. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad for that. You know, like, it's one of those satisfying endings, too. Like, yeah. I, you know, when, when he's trying to like, you know, he's like calling after Rick, he's like, O'Connell, O'Connell, he's like, try to, you know, help me and everything. And you're just like, no, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have reached for him. I would have been like, you know, you're on your own. <laughs> but, but Rick had to, because that's who Rick was. Exactly. He was the good guy. So he was going to help him, but then he just said, you know, goodbye, Benny. Cause you know, that's it for Benny. Benny just struck me as somebody who had gone through life being the bully appeaser. And, and I'm trying to think of the right word to describe, not a lot, kind of a slimy character. Well, Um, yeah, you could tell that he was definitely always like the henchman, you know, mm -hmm, he's always the Renfield. He was always the Renfield. So, (laughs) you know, like, that's what he did like even like with bullies and whatnot he probably was always the second you know banana that was doing all these things you know yeah well i've been doing and i think i think that was kind of underscored when he was hauling out all the religious medallions to try to Mm -hmm. appease imhotep yeah right like and uh, like That part is just, I was sitting there and I was, when I first saw that and I was like, ah, yeah, that makes sense to me that he would try to, you know, appeal to as many different gods as possible to try to keep him safe. <laughs> yeah. Which I think just goes to, it kind of underscores the fact that he's, he's a coward. I mm-hmm. mean, he has no, he has no moral um, foundation. <laughs> at, yeah. So, but um, another, I mean, change a little bit, and I didn't want to forget this point, watching it again, I haven't watched it in months, maybe, maybe longer, maybe almost a year, which I'm ashamed to say, but. um, I was going to say, you should be ashamed of yourself. I, I, well, I'm going to watch it again tomorrow, so. (laughs) Okay, all right, I'll forgive you this time. (laughs) But I was struck by um, the, the special effects were cutting edge for the day and they looked and 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 they they still look good today but 
you know, I was thinking, um, have you ever tried watching the Tom Cruise mummy? No. Okay, don't. I, like, as soon, yeah, because as soon as I heard that they were remaking it and that, like, okay, don't get me wrong. Like, I like, I like some Tom Cruise movies, but like, mainly his older stuff, like, especially like uh, Ridley Scott's Legend. Like, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies. He's absolutely excellent in that. And he's also very, very good in Interview with the Vampire as yeah. the stat. Yeah. He's very good in that movie. He, like, you can see that he's a great actor. It's yeah. just, I hate how they keep tossing him all these remakes and it feels like he's being led in the wrong direction with his agents and whatnot telling him he should do these remakes because like the mummy was one of those movies they shouldn't have touched like no. it, it's in it in itself was a remake as well of the 40 was it the mm-hmm. 40s movie with but claude I, rains yeah and i was gonna say the thing for me was because i i remember seeing those the the older mummies and i and i loved them and Maybe that was a part I don't remember back to 2021 when I first saw this, but um, my hesitation at watching it because I loved the classics. I thought they were they, they they were art, and they they had a style of their own that I I thought might be ruined by remaking it. But I think that um, the uh, directors and actors with the the 1999 version did an amazing job paying homage to the older movies while still making it their own. And, and where I, I was going I with it, the, sorry, where I was going with the special effects part is the Tom Cruise movie, I could only watch maybe a half an hour of it. The, the special effects were absolutely amazing, like what you would expect, but the movie itself didn't have anything that, grabbed you and made you want to watch it yeah that's like that's the thing is that i also think like it needs to be enough time to lapse between the movies like 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 the claude rains one was in the 30s or 40s i can't remember which and then you have like it went a long time without uh like an upgrade i guess with the reboot and then they did it in 1999 and they did it successfully Mm -hmm. so I don't see what the point was to remake it again 20 years later. Like that doesn't seem like enough time to lapse between the two. So it feels like it was rushed and that they didn't have, I guess, the the right story. They were just trying to bank on, you know, I think it was it uh, Universal that was that, that made it. And they yeah, think they're, so, they're trying yeah. to do like the dark universe. They wanted to reboot that and have it as you know like the darker side and whatever you know and it just it didn't work and it like as you said it they probably just didn't bring anything new or um uh, good I guess to the table like I know that they said that it was a woman that was playing the mummy this time yeah right and I don't know that didn't seem that kind of seems like they were trying to bank on being different and it just didn't work for the story no, it, they, well, you know, the, we've been talking about character development and, and everything in the 99 version, which was great. And also a plot that was kind of cohesive and a story that, that pulled together. Um, the, I have to say the little that I watched of the latest mummy it wasn't there the plot for me the plot just didn't make any sense at all 
and discounting any earlier versions of the movie, it just wasn't good. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate though, right? Because then people are going to be like, you know, oh well, they'll try to reboot it again, and because yeah. that's what that's what Hollywood does is that when something doesn't work, they think, okay, well, we'll put it to bed for now, and then we'll try again later. And it's like maybe you guys should quit while you're ahead. You mean like you know? the Fantastic Four? Oh God, I don't. <laughs> I like I watched that forever ago, like the first one that they came out with. And I was like, wow, this is bad. And then now they're doing all the Marvel movies. So they reboot it again. And then they're going to reboot it probably again because that reboot didn't work. And Hollywood just does not know when to quit. No, no, they don't learn. And maybe we don't teach them by not going to see crap. But I know that's that's also the problem is that like it's just like with books is that everybody sort of has their own opinion on something. So usually something gets a cult following or there's going to be somebody Mm -hmm. out there who likes what you like, either what Hollywood produces or um, you know, what you produce as a writer. Right. So like (laughs) people are going to keep going to see movies and Hollywood's going to think, well, we can still get money out of them. So let's try to do it again and get more money out of them. Isn't yeah, I mean, isn't that the the formula, especially the somewhere like Disney? Like that's a that's a formula mm-hmm. to just keep reusing plots and things over again. But um one of the things that is great about the mummy, um, I don't know if you've ever traveled to the US and if you've gone to the theme parks in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Have you been to <laughs> Universal Studios? I have, yes. Have you ridden the mummy? I did it was back uh it was 2001 when I went and yeah I I, yeah I like actually I've I've been to to Florida twice uh I went with like my mom promised to bring me when I was a kid to Disney World and she brought she took me and my my one brother the first time and then the second time we drove down with my older brother and um it was just like Universal Studios was actually like the better of the parks and like that ride like not only the mummy but like Jurassic Park that mm-hmm. ride was absolutely epic at the time yeah. I went yeah. on it like three times and then Jaws which they have retired now sadly yeah. I yes. went on that three times because that was just my, I remember my mom being like, you want to go on again, don't you? I was like, yeah, no, I want to go on again. Let's do it. Right. And even <laughs> the mummy, that was just an excellent, you know, uh, I don't want to say ride. I want to say it was an experience. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny. Every time we go to Universal, I, I go to, I have to hit the mummy ride. And um, we've had, season... is it still there? Oh yeah, it yeah. Is, we've had the, season passes. That's to the sad Universal. thing because the last couple of times we've been, you're able to get on right away because there's no line there, and because there's so many other things like Universal has really been built up in the Harry Potter universe. Yeah, um, um, yeah, 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 is now there, and um, they've built up a lot more of the superhero rides, mm-hmm. and there's there's a ton of um, the the 40 rides furious yeah the ones um the ones that are cgi like uh immersive kind of rides so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna bring us back to the mummy 
not the ride, <laughs> but <laughs> talking about character characters, um, I think there was there was, were a lot of parallels between some of the characters, um, Benny and Jonathan. Um, they, they were both similar characteristics as far as being thie- being crooks, but mm-hmm. Benny had no redeeming qualities, whereas Jonathan, you, you, you know, he, he was a crook, but he would, he would help and he would put him, his, himself on the line. Um, yeah, he loved his sister. That was yeah. the thing. Like, even though he was, he said to her that, you know, um, you know, like that it just makes her more gullible, right? He still even said to her, like, you still have me, right? Because he did genuinely love his sister and wanted to keep her safe. Yeah. And that's something and he didn't that, have you know, anyone. No, and he didn't care about anyone. Um, right. I, you know, and, and with Jonathan, the, the very first time you see him, he's, he's drunk and I, I'm guessing drunk in the, the coffin with the mummy. And he, he, they establish the fact that he drinks a lot, but um, I, you wonder what led him to that, what, how that happened. Yeah, because like you hear about, um, you get like the little tidbits about uh, Evie and Jonathan's family about how her father was a famous explorer and then her mother was an Egyptian, right? Mm-hmm. And you think, you kind of think, you know, like if her if their father was an explorer like how present was he you know like and how present was even their mother like right if he's an explorer he was probably bringing like either his kids or like his entire family with him and you gotta think like military families almost you know mm-hmm. so like how stable was their their childhood and then you know, like Jonathan then kind of, I guess he's fault because he, I don't know if he's a part of Bembridge Scholars. I know that he is an archaeologist as well or an Egyptologist as well because he says that a dig down in Thebes and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you have to think like he obviously followed in his father's footsteps and then Evie kind of wants to do the same thing. And you got to kind of have to think like, you know, how did they see their father and then how did he interact with them and uh, make them who they are? Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's brilliant in his own rights and they, they show flashes of that in the movie, but then it's also clear that Evie is head and shoulders above him as far as her knowledge and, and brilliance in the field. Mm-hmm. But definitely. So I, we could go on talking. We actually should probably just turn the movie on and chat as we're watching it. But, I know, um, right? And then point things out and be like, hey, what about this part? <laughs> but I, I just realized we've been talking about The Mummy for nearly an hour now, which is <laughs> awesome. But um, we were thinking uh, about wrapping this episode up. But um, you know, as we said at the beginning, we were going to be doing this on a fairly regular basis. And um, Annabelle and I were talking a little bit before we started recording. Uh, we hope to get the next episode out on the 14th of February, which. Yeah, do a little bit of like a kinky Valentine's yeah. type of thing, you know, like because <laughs> like you were saying that it's it's a it's an opportune time to talk about um, like BDSM and trying to like introduce people into it and how to introduce the people into it safely. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we're going to take the first step on the kinky ladder and do that, um, air that episode on the 14th of January. Um, we will probably uh, record it well before then. So um, if you're listening now, start looking for some teasers because we plan on putting out some teasers of that next episode. Yeah, definitely. And it's going to be a good time too because you know, like it's, it's fun to share the knowledge. And uh, if it gives people some ideas for Valentine's day, that would be good to spice things up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. um, We Valentine's day for us has never been about roses and, and all of that, but, and for, for some people I know it is, and that's great, but for other people, it can be vibrators and ropes and chains. (laughs) Yeah. And that sounds like a good time to me, right? (laughs) Can we also have the flowers and chocolates too, though? I like those things too. (laughs) I prefer the chocolates, but sure. If you want the flowers. (laughs) (laughs) So Kyle's going to get me flowers next time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or or I'll send you chocolates. We're, we're actually eating salted caramel uh, chocolate squares as we were talking with you. So so, sorry, we didn't share. Yeah, I was going to say, not sharing. You guys are mean. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But next, next time, for sure. Next time we'll send you some. Okay. (laughs) So uh, do you, do you have anything you want to say to our listeners as we wrap up on this first special edition? Uh, just that if you need to find me and you want to ask me any questions, especially for like our next episode, which would be awesome is like, you can contact me at the Annabelle Allen at gmail.com. And you can just write to me there, or you can find me on Twitter or Facebook. And on top of that, uh, our last episode, we were talking about how edge play was on sale and it was a special sale that was going from the 20th of December to the 31st but thankfully rick saw how great things were going with sales and he decided to extend it so now the sale is going to the end of january oh wow okay so when when i air this episode i will put that in the description and yeah because like it's uh, it's only on amazon but you can get edge play for 99 cents and mm. then uh, at, at one, in February, it'll go back up to regular price, which is $2.99, which is still a really good price for an ebook. But um, if you want to snag it now for $0.99, cents, you should just go over to Amazon and uh, do that because that would be awesome. I'd love, love to get to number one in BDSM erotica. Yes, let's, let's, all, let's make sure that happens. But yeah, um, it would be it would be fun. <laughs> and Lily has been doing some stuff. Uh, yeah, so I have been reading audiobooks and um, putting some stuff together for some erotic authors. And so um, I'm going to be talking about that, and there'll be some promos and things going out. So um, if anybody who was listening needs uh, any audio work done, you can contact us at all of our different social media sites or emails or whatever and um, get in contact with us about pricing and all those things. So I've been doing uh, narrating audiobook work. That and and the YouTube, the promotions for lingerie stuff. Yeah. So I do promotions for Avid Love and we have been... Um, uh, 
doing work with ASN mm-hmm. um, magazine. And so that has been a great partnership as well. So if you're looking for a lifestyle magazine, definitely go out and check out ASN magazine. And I'll have the link in the description. I'm I'm excited because I had an article in the December edition and an Mm -hmm. article in the January edition that just appeared. And uh, ASN has asked us to do monthly reviews of the magazine. So um, we do a video review of that. And that's been a big deal. We've had so much, you know, 2022, 2021 stunk in so many ways, (laughs) but um, we've had a lot of stuff going on and, and it's been fun and busy. So. And yeah. I'm just going to do a plug. I have a book coming out in the end of February. It may or may not be the last novel in the photographer's story series, but it's called Final Edit. And um, it's it's a dark twist on where I've been going with the novel. So hopefully people enjoy Ooh, it. That sounds yeah. racy. Yeah, it's, it gets, yeah, it, it gets it, suspenseful and, and, and people dying and it's all kinds of things. Oh my God. (laughs) So Kyle, you are a killer. Oh my God. He said it earlier. I told you I'm the original John Wick. Come on. (laughs) I just, I just kill you with a smile. Oh, that's that's weird. (laughs) No, it would have been weird if I had said I kill you with an orgasm. Oh, well then. Just not right. You can die happy. There you there, go. Yep, there. All of his victims have died. <laughs> so happy. Well, there you go, listeners. We started off somewhat <laughs> erotic. We jumped into the mummy and got as geeky as possible. And now we're ending slightly kinky. And but slightly weird, which if you've been listening to our <laughs> podcast all along, you have uh, been used to that. And, and wasn't that the whole point of this episode was to show people that you can be kinky and sex positive and semi-normal and then go back to kinky again. Yeah. So there you go. Um, well, the NFL, Lily was just Lily was just like, and then we got weird. So and then, then we got weird. I don't know. But if, if you go back and listen to some of our other, other uh, podcasts with um, like the devolution guys, mm. that one, those always got just, just weird. Yeah. Those went, those went, weird really fast we did an audio podcast with them in the nude we did which oh i mean it was no one knew but we did and we talked about it (laughs) Uh, anyway annabelle (laughs) we love hanging out with you and we're excited to make this an annual thing and we appreciate you coming on and co-hosting with us and um so listeners be on the lookout for our series with Annabelle and we are going to answer all of your kinky questions and try to kind of explain a little bit more about the lifestyles that we all lead and maybe help you to realize that um you can be so-called normal and still have sex positive fun yes Mm -hmm. definitely all right thanks Annabelle oh thank you guys Speak seductively.